good afternoon good evening welcome to today's episode of musings with jesus my name is shola i'm your host thank you for joining me i hope you're well i hope all is good with you in your world and everything is just going fine it's a bright and sunday um sunny morning here in lagos nigeria today and um i'm just going to talk a little bit about some of the things that the lord has been sharing with me over the past few days and weeks i've been having a really good time with him in that i am learning how to how to how would i say how to spend how to reflect and just stay in the in the reality of his word and um it's um in a way I'm, i i i even though it's been a difficult time for me i have talked about this in my recent episodes about you know the disappointment of something not coming turning out the way that i really really thought it would and i thought god would you know see to the end in a particular way but i also like this process that i'm going through because it's also teaching me a lot of things about him about the world about you know my role in what god is doing and it's just making me cleave onto him even more in fact i have found out that temptations and trials bring me closer to god so i'm beginning to get to that point where i actually begin i'm welcoming temptations and trials because i notice that when my life is okay when there i don't have any troubles i tend to i don't know not draw away from him but i'm not as clingy as i should be and it, that really gives me a lot of concern so when um, James says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing that the trial of your faith works patience and let patience have its perfect work so that you can be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Um, I actually am getting to that point where it's not so much that I know that it's, you know, it's going to, you know, um, you know um, it's going to work out a good outcome for my faith, but it's just that it makes me more aware of my fragility of the evil in the world and the strength of God. So exactly what Paul said in the book of, I think it's Hebrews, when he says, um, Corinthians, when he says, um, my strength is uh, made perfect, the strength of the Lord is made perfect in his weakness. When God said to him, my strength is made perfect in your weakness, that's what I have also found. And I don't know why, I don't know whether, I can't say this is what it, the way it should be for everyone, and I don't think it's the way it is. I would, I think it would be better for it to, not be that way but that's my observation and i'm praying that i will get to a time when regardless of what is going on in my life i maintain an even temple with the lord in 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 the sense of presence and with his word in terms of many things you know so and spiritual discipline you know prayer the the whole thing and i think some people really work that rhythm very well i think for me i find out that sometimes i am more in the word less in prayer other times I'm a bit more in prayer, maybe less in the word. You know, I, I, w- I would like to maintain that balance of word, prayer, spirit, worship, everything at a very, you know, effective tempo or functional tempo on a day-to-day basis. And uh, because I'm, I'm in Bible school right now, I'm always reading the Bible every week. So I think my, my Bible rhythms are going pretty well, although... And I think I reflect, I'm forced to reflect upon the Bible because almost every day somebody is dropping something into my email. You know, people are, I'm being exhorted by the words that members of my Bible school are, my fellow students are writing in, questions make me think, reflect. 
and in the purpose of reading what they're saying i you know the word of god is doing its thing so on the word level i think i have a good rhythm going at least throughout this year also this podcast also forces me to read the word of god which is i guess one of the reasons why the lord made me start this about two two years ago and so word wise i think we're doing pretty much better than i have been in many years and it's it's actually showing in my life as well i must really say that but in terms of prayer which is like you know i think i have ups and downs in terms of faith i also have ups and downs which shows that there's a big difference between studying the word of god and practicing the faith of jesus and that no matter what it is that we read about the word of god it is only the test and the trial period the application process the practice of that word and the faith that comes from that word that makes us know that we really really know what we you know what we think we know and um, just like you know how it is i mean i i recently took an exam you know uh, on a course and i sometimes i don't really do well in some type of exams particularly multiple answer question exams and i didn't do as well as i had read i thought i had read i had taken my notes i had prepared i'd followed the lectures i did very well in the long form writing but in the multiple answer questions i missed a lot of easy questions that would make you know that that means that i didn't really know this as well as i i thought that i knew it and it was you know very little little mistakes so i i i got the essence of the message but those little facts i i did i didn't do well in them so i'm just learning i mean you know it's it's just it's the, it's the difference between um how well do you know this how well do you understand this how well is it a part of you and you know and i think um yeah so i'm learning all of that i mean and i'm enjoying it and i think most of all jesus describes himself as emmanuel god is with us i think that's what i appreciate most about the life and the, the challenges and the journey that i am on with the lord he's with me in all of it you know the, the, the bible says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want you know that the lord is with us for me that's the most important thing it's not what i'm going through that's immaterial how i feel you know the emotions the tears the pain the disappointment the sense of betrayal whatever it may be all that is is immaterial is in fact it's like it's just part of living but what is important important to me is that part of psalm 23 that says though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i fear no evil because for thou art with me thou art with me thou art with me you are with me that's indwelling all-consuming ever present um presence of god and his spirit is the most important thing for me in fact i always tell god i say you know what i pray there are certain things that i pray i pray for your preservation your deliverance your mercy your protection upon me upon all that i care about i pray that you will look after us you will keep us safe from the evil of this age preserve our souls keep us in you help us to understand you i pray that we will you know the enemy will not have his way upon us you know the son of um, the perdition will not have his way that any no divination no charm no sorcery nothing that is negative will come against us in the name of jesus and that we will fulfill your purpose we will love you we will serve you all the days of our lives your name will be glorified in our lives and all that we say that we do we will not be some of those who will worship you with our lips only our hearts will, all, will, will not be far from you in everything that we say and we do we will be children of the most high god and that somehow you will cause us to shine in such a way that all we see our light and give glory to our Father in heaven. That is my prayer. But I know that in spite of, even with all of that, 
I know that there will be tribulations. I know that there will be some things that will happen that I will wish did not happen. My prayer in all of that is that, Father, you will be with me. That's my only prayer. That at no time will I be forsaken. Will I, will I feel like you are... In fact, at no time will I be forsaken. I'm not even talking about emotions now. Your presence will be with me. And so far, that has been the case. So I am holding on to him... Um, because I realize now that that is the greatest survival strategy that I can have. So, yesterday, I mean, this morning, the Lord said something to me. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He reminded me of this scripture in the book of, first book of John, chapter 4, verse 4. He said, greater is he that is in you. So that he that is in me is the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, because I'm a Christian and I've believed and I've received God by the power of God, by the blood of Jesus, by the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, his love for us, and of that, and the redemption that he has won for us in Christ. But I want to talk about he that is in the world. And recently, I have begun to understand in a much deeper way the devil is really in the world. It's not that I didn't know, because I'm a Christian. I mean, I believe in good and evil. It's clear that there's evil in the world. It's clear that there's also good. But he's here. He's so here. He's in the world. And not only that he's in the world, the Bible also describes that he describes him as the prince of the world. Let me read all the scriptures that talk about his presence in the world. In John 12, 31, Jesus said, Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. He was talking about the adversary, the enemy, Satan. John 14, 14, 30, before Jesus was crucified, he said, I will, speak, I will not speak much more with you. For the ruler of this world, of the world, is coming. And he has nothing in me. Now, this was before the death and resurrection of Christ. Most of us, I guess, will, will expect that after Christ rose, he would have taken over that rulership from the devil. But he didn't. He defeated him. And he gave all of us the authority to be translated from that, the power of that kingdom, to the rulership of Christ. But the, his rulership over the dispensation of Adam, which he is usurping, has not ended. It is when God ends this age that the full transfer of ownership, in fact, at the second coming of the Lord, is when the transfer of ownership will take place. For now, he's still running the Adamic age. And the, the, the unfortunate thing about this Adamic age is that the veil, there's a veil separating the spiritual from the natural. So unlike in Adam's time, when you know God could come down into the heavens, I mean, come down from uh, and walk with, 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 with Adam in the Garden of Eden. So Adam knew what was going on in the spirit realm. He wasn't, you know, ignorant and all of that. From the day when Adam was cast out and they put cherubim and seraphim and they blocked the way from the Garden of Eden, man was released into an earth where all they can see is what they see, all they can deal or function with. But they were now under the rulership of a very evil and dark presence who will now be guiding what they are doing behind the scenes because of course the, the the earth was made for the children of men the bible says that so the devil cannot come and physically reign on earth he has to walk through human beings 
but he's very much guiding the um, things of this earth. He's doing it. And from the beginning, God has been trying to bring things back to a state of normalcy at a stage. He actually sent a flood to destroy the world, looking for righteous people. Eventually, he found a nation that he could raise and say, okay, through you, the Messiah will come. They, they, they disappointed him several times, but there were always people who were faithful. You know, there were the Davids, there were the Jonathans, you know, there were the prophets that would always speak for him. Eventually, he was able to bring the Messiah. The Messiah also, you know, was able to, um, he was able to die, sacrifice his own blood for the sake of us, and create for all of us a way of escape from that oppressive rule of that dark adversary. But the age, the dispensation of Adam has not been brought to an end. What Christ did not do at his first coming was to bring it to an end. If he had brought it to an end, of course, all what we are saying now, will not be there but what it also means is that future there will be no opportunity for future generations to willingly choose christ there will also be no opportunity for god to set up kingdoms his own kingdom on earth even under this dispensation i think it was very important for god to do that god wanted a situation whereby people on earth will be given the opportunity to choose him of their own free will a way of escape so imagine a world that is very deep, it's very, it's very dark, very black, very evil. And then there's a way of escape. It may take some time before you find it. Just see yourself like in a smoky and in a dark room where there's, you know, just a lot of, you can't really see very well. But there's a little light that you see at some point that if you walk towards that light, you will find your way out of the smoke and out of the fire. That's how the world is. But it's possible for you to spend the entire, you know, your entire existence just moving around the smoky area and never finding the light. But there are people who will be at the point of the light, who will also take it upon themselves to come in every now and then or to call you and say, come towards the light, come towards the light. It's now meant to you whether you are going to respond and find your way to that light. You have to move towards that light. My role as somebody who has been delivered is to stand in that light. And to be calling you, making it obvious that you can see that I'm in the light. So you know that I am in a better place than where you are. And that's why Jesus did not end the dispensation of Adam. He wanted all of us, many of us, to willingly choose him. Even while on earth, in this evil dark age. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that wonderful analogy that I have never used or been aware of before now but he is here he's here now imagine if you were and and i i know i'm sounding strange talking about this because i've always known that the world was evil i've always known but he's actually really the god of this world i don't i i don't know i, I don't know if you are getting me he's in charge He's not in charge of Christ. He's not in charge of the kingdom of God. We have authority over him. He's underneath our feet. But for this world, the way this world is running, he's in charge of it. And except Christians intentionally stand against him in our lives, in the spaces that we inhabit, 
we might as well not be here. It's not something, authority over the powers of darkness, authority over the rule and the reign of the evil one, authority over the evil that permeates this environment will not happen just by my being here. As in, okay, me just waking up and sleeping here. No. I have to exert that authority through faith, through prayer, through my lifestyle, through the impact and the influence that I have on the lives of others, through the words that I speak, through the way I allow God to use me. Authority over the works of darkness and the powers and the principalities in operation in this world is not by passivity. It's not by a passive practice of Christianity. It's by an active practice of the faith. In action, in behavior, in conduct, in declaration, in prayer, sometimes in fasting, in ministration, in deliverances, in revelation. There are things that I must do for me to be able to be someone who, through whom God will show forth his praise and glory and restrain the power of the enemy. So what am I saying? I'm saying the law of gravity in this physical world is the law of evil. I don't mean the gravity, physical law of gravity. I mean the norm of operation in this world is evil. When good triumphs, if it, it is a misnomer on this earth. So the fact that we're actually waking up and expecting good things to happen is a misnomer. <laughs> it just shows our ignorance. I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize this. And the fact that we are even able to experience good things on earth, and I mean things that come from God, I don't mean evil things that the devil makes it look like good. I don't mean money now. I mean good things. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich, it has no sorrow. So any blessing that comes that does not eventually become sorrowful, that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. So the fact that we can experience that is because God is still the most high God and he's the God of the universe. So therefore he's God even over the ruler of the darkness of this world. But beyond that, he has sent his own son in ahead of us as a forerunner of that which he will yet do in the future, to bring forth his power, his might, his word upon this earth, and his spirit. So there are three things which the Bible tells us that witnesses on earth, the blood, the word, and the spirit. Oh, that's why that blood needed to be shed on this earth. So the shedding of that blood gives us power over these forces of darkness because that blood was shed. And his, I now understand why he had to be crucified because the blood literally had to be spilled on the earth. So that's why he wasn't killed in a way. He, his blood needed to be shed and it was. Every other way they had killed him, they could have killed him in a way that would not require bloodshed. Of course, we all know those kind of killings. But they didn't. Because I used to wonder, why did... And Holy Spirit, thank you for that. Do you know this has just occurred to me now? His blood had to be shed. We all know, I mean, the spiritual implication of bloodshed, which is that people who kill people, I'm sorry for them because mm, there's a spiritual implication of blood. Their blood remains on your head. Jesus, in Ezekiel, God talked about it. He said, I will require their blood from your head. When Cain killed Abel, God said to him, said, the voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me. 
he heard the, the voice of his blood. So anybody that sheds the blood of the innocent and the righteous, the blood is required of your head. You cannot escape it. So it was important that the blood of Jesus be shed and that the earth open his mouth to receive that blood. That blood continues to testify against the kingdom of darkness till today. Which is why anybody that prays in the name of Jesus, as we drink the cup of his blood, we receive the power of that blood because it was shed on this earth. He bled, he was, he was crucified on his nails, on his hands and his feet. The, they put a crown of thorns, so blood coming from his head, blood coming from his hands, blood coming from his feet. They even pierced his side. Ha! See how, oh Lord, I worship you, Father. God made sure that as much blood as possible, when he saw that the blood from the head, the blood from the hands, and the blood from the feet was not enough, a soldier came, took sword, and pierced his side. That one, Kukuma, gushed out enough blood. Because that blood was not an ordinary blood, and it needed to be shed. That blood is still speaking against the work of darkness till today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You have shown up this Sunday morning, and I bless you for that. So, we have to stand in the power of that blood to overcome the forces of darkness. It is not something that happens without a willful standing under the blood. The first is we receive him through confessing that he's our Lord, he's our Savior. But we need to remain under the cover. And I think maybe that's why Jesus said, as often as you eat it, you do show the Lord's death until you come. Jesus actually, he didn't say take it once a month. He said as often. He wanted us to eat the body and drink the blood, drink the cup. Because he said, this is my blood that is shed. Shed for you. The blood was really shed. Blood shed. His blood was shed. It was poured out. And it was important that it be so. To provide a way of escape for those of us who are under the oppressive rule of the evil one. The Bible says, For this purpose was the Son of Man made manifest that he may destroy and annihilate the works of the evil one. I'll stop it here because I sense that this is something that we need to talk about over a number of days. And I don't want to belabor this particular episode. There are three things that witness upon the earth, the blood, the spirit and the word. We'll talk a lot, a little bit more about this and I'll share the scriptures that talk about this. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The two things I want us to remember that God is telling me now, there's a greater one in us. There is one that is in the world. The one in us is greater. But we need to walk in the power of he that is greater. Otherwise, we will not enjoy that victory. I'll leave it for that moment. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.